Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey, welcome everybody to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! <laughs> well, we're back on another Thursday with a pre-taped episode for you to enjoy. Talk about some of the big entertainment stories of the week. I can't wait to get into it. I'm one of your hosts, uh, John Roca. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Goldbergs. Nice. Twice. Twice. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. You only heard me once. Oh, wow. You're on (laughs) twice. That sounds like Goldberg's max. All right, we're going to get to... We're getting to a lot of things today. <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. Wow. That was terrible. Wow. I know. I know. I'll Starting see, off well. Starting I'll off see well. myself out. I'll see myself out. <laughs> We're going to get into a number of subjects, as you saw probably from the title of the episode already, but we are going to jump into our main topic a little bit later on in the show, which is HBO Max. It did drop today as we're recording this, so already there have been some positives and negatives, people going insane about it on social media, uh, but we're also going to talk about a little bit more about the Snyder Cut. We're going to talk about uh, Tom Cruise being in space with Doug Lyman, but we're starting off things uh, with uh, Michael getting into the Labyrinth 2 uh, sequel that's been announced. Uh, and real quick, just to let you all know, uh, we appreciate everything you're doing here for the Outlaw I'm just in the Outlaw Nation. Please subscribe to the channel below, but like and share this video as uh, as soon as you finish it to give, let people know that you're a big fan of the Geek Buddies as well. Uh, is there anything else we usually say before we start? Oh, yeah. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for taking a chance on us. For those of you who have come back, Thanks for staying with us on the train. We do three geek news stories, take a little bit of a break for our uh, podcast uh, uh, listeners, and then jump into our main topic. So, Michael, please take us away. Hey, before we start, I have a question. How are you guys doing? How are you doing? How's everybody doing? It's quarantine. Uh, uh, My one time a week to see you guys. How how are you? Um, Shannon, please, you go ahead first. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, my hair is getting exceptionally fluffy. It I've is, got wow. it. I've got it really matted down right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my my girlfriend was asking uh, if I wanted her to take the clippers and just go for it, but I had to tell her, and this is something that I think you guys know. But the back of yeah. my head, you can't really tell it with with my hair. Uh, but I got yeah. a flat. I got a flat spot, which is why oh. I have never gone fully. You know. All the way down, like a like a total crew cut. Um, which like, a, is like, a, like it's flat, like a Dick Tracy villain. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, were you dropped on your head, or were you just born that way, or what? How does the situation uh, come to be? I, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, right. I, I, I was this this I discovered this fact about ten years ago okay. when uh, I was with another girl, and she was you know uh, romantically and lovingly playing with my hair, and she started kind of feeling around like you would do if you'd lost a contact lens. Right. And and I'm like, oh, this the, the feeling from love has transitioned to discovery. And I'm like, what, what's, what's going on back there? And she goes, you got a flat spot. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you have a flat spot on your head where most people's heads have a, have a curve. Yeah. Yours does a not quite a 90 degree angle, but like a but like a 65 degree angle. It just goes straight back. And so I felt the back of my head and I'm like, do you not have that? And she's like, no, feel so whenever I become friends with someone, I feel the back of their head. You guys probably don't, didn't know. That's the reason I did that. So, so I, uh, I feel like I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> if, I I, if I have that one bad day that the Punisher talks about in Daredevil Season 2, that's, I'm going to go the Dick Tracy villain route. Taking, wow, the you could. Of, taking the suggestion of Mikey. You know, I've just I've been... Sh- no, go ahead, go ahead. I've slept next to this man for a number of years. I never saw him the flat spot in his head or felt the flat spot in his head. But I did feel him feeling my head every once in a while in, in the early morning hours when he wakes up. So fascinating to know that was the reason. I thought it was all a dream, but no, yeah, it's real. I, it really I've woken up next to you guys in the bed next to you at Comic-Con and I've seen him <laughs> caressing your head. And I thought that was sweet. Look at these, look at these heterosexual cisgender men showing affection. This is the way it should be in 2020. I didn't know he was just checking to see if your head was flat. <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a monkey. And, 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 I, and, I, and I've done it more than once. I want to make sure, like, hey, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe today is the day that John Stadium <laughs> sank in. Fascinating. Um, okay, this is uh, yeah, this is news to me. This is a breaking, breaking, breaking news. Breaking news on the Geek Buddies. <laughs> breaking news. I'll never uh, get cast. I'll never get cast again. <laughs> I, I've been better to, just to be honest just uh, sometimes I've uh, you know some fans uh, had some comments about me or that are that I just read about an hour ago before we started doing the show kind of put me in a bad place you know because uh, they were uh, kind of misinterpreting some things I'd said playfully and thinking that it was the truth and I guess you know in this business some people are just going to take whatever you say if they're already predisposed not to like you and twist it as they see fit so you know this is the game sometimes and uh, but I'm, I'm glad to be on the show because it's going to I think it's going to pick up my spirits and leave me Listen, in, a, in a better place. I can say in 20 plus years of friendship, I've never misinterpreted anything. <laughs> so ever. I am. I'm there with you. I'm, a, uh, I'm ride or oh, die. Ditto. Uh, ditto. And, and none of those misinterpretations would be on this phone right here. Nope. Nope. Never. It should be. It should be. Nope. That, you know what's good for you. It should be on there. <laughs> Uh, how are you mikey what's the update on I'm you good. Then? i'm good i uh it, cut. Was, it's cut ish i've oh, so okay. as opposed as opposed to shannon i right. don't have 
flat top issues, but my hair is curly and I'm afraid to do anything to the top. So I've just been letting the top grow, but I'll go take the clippers to the sides and I'll have oh, yeah. my brother sort of like clean up the back a little bit. So I'm, as long for me, as long as I keep this neat, I can let this keep going, but it is getting to the point where I think I do need somebody to, to do something, but I'm good. I'm good this week. This is a good week. Last week I was, I think this whole process it's like, and Johnny, it sounds like you're probably having the opposite end of it, but it's like <laughs> this whole process is like a one week you're feeling great and you're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We're going to get through this. It's fine. It's a beautiful day out. I took a walk. And then the next day you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'm going crazy. And like some little thing will happen. You'll hear something and it'll like set you off and you'll be in a bad mood about it. Uh, so I think it's good to like talk it through. I think it's good to like check in with everybody, see how they're doing, yeah. uh, see everybody's feeling because as far as I can tell, everybody is going through this roller coaster of emotions. So, yeah. so, yeah. so I'm glad, I'm glad we're all talking about important things like <laughs> moods and haircuts and freakish deformities on the top. Okay, of okay, okay. <laughs> it, it, it took it took a turn there, <laughs> a 65 degree turn, much like the back of my head. Um, two questions. Well, is that a slob oh, okay. head? Like, what would you call it? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> two questions. Um, with with you doing the the clippers on the side, oh. uh, can you and Dan can you do a fade, or or is there sort of a very distinct you, border? You, you could. If you were a better person than me, I'm sure you could do a fade. I, it, it kind of, you can just see where you're like, oh, we went up to about here and we're just going to let that lie. So it's, yeah. it's not, it's not perfect, but for the purposes of the people that see me walk my dog and the people at the pavilions in West Hollywood, it'll do. But for our <laughs> listeners who who are not watching this right, right. now, uh, Mikey does have very light hair, so yeah. The the distinct border between the top and the sides, it's it's not that noticeable. Also, you guys know this, but I got my first piece of artwork to put on the wall over here. Yeah, the indie one. Yeah. Nice, so dude. for our listeners, for our listeners who aren't watching oh, yeah. and for everyone on YouTube who can't see it because it's so far away, tell people what that is because it's pretty neat. <laughs> so this is by an artist named, I, I believe it's Mike Matola. You can find him on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter at Mike and it's Matola, M-A-T-O-L-A. I believe it is, but you know, that's, this is sort of one of the classic moments from Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indy is about to replace the idol with the bag of sand. Um, the shaded part here, the, the, the black part, that is actually the entire script for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's hand, it's handwritten. Um, and he, and, and Raiders is not the only film that he does. He has, uh, stuff from the Princess Bride, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Jurassic Park. When I put this on Instagram, one of our geek buddies, Aton, uh, Aton Kramer, yeah. he, he saw it and immediately went and bought the Princess Bride print. Wow, that's awesome! Right. Yeah, it's it, it's and you know someone commented on another Zoom earlier that my it looked like I was living in an asylum because my walls are blank. Um, so that hmm. is why I, there you go. I was like, well, I clearly need to get something on the wall. I, uh, apropos of that. So, you know, my brother and I, we've been like, I'll usually watch TV shows. Uh, I'll binge TV shows during the day, but at nighttime, I think this is maybe just a psychological thing. We've been sort of going back to comfort movies. So like oh, yeah. he'll, make, he'll make dinner for us and then we'll watch, like we went through, uh, we're going through the Harry Potters right now. We went after Shannon did, we went through a bunch of the Marvel movies. And yeah. so we went through the Indiana Jones movies. And then last night, we decided to go for it and I haven't seen Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull since the night we saw it opening night in movie theaters. And I was like, it's been a few years, 
Maybe it's not as bad as I remember. <laughs> Let's watch Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah. It's as bad as I remember. <laughs> it's not it great. Bad. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's not it's great. great. I remember trying to convince myself that it was good leaving the theater, and it uh, I was wrong. I was completely wrong about that. It is bad. because well, um, it, it starts yeah. off, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, you know, this, 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 this could be something. Like, it's kind of cool, and... Right. Maybe it's the 1950s, and then it just like every single sequence, you're just like, whew, by the time you get to Shia LaBeouf swinging with monkeys, yeah, it's it's rough, it's rough stuff. Also, you have to buy the fact that he incredibly aged from the third one to the fourth one, yet it's only been what a couple of years from the third one to the fourth one in the canon of the Indiana, Indiana Jones story. So you're just like, whoo, what happened to you, pal? What happened to yeah. you? <laughs> And your slalom head, yeah, much, what, what? Much, much, much like my cranium, it starts to go on a downward <laughs> trend, and it never recovers. Truth, truth, truth. <laughs> All right, before well, we go, Mark, speaking of oddly deformed creatures, uh, <laughs> our first bit of geek news uh, is really exciting for me. Um, one of my favorite movies, like one of the movies, I think I forced my poor father to see it seven or eight times in the movie theater was wow. Jim Henson's Labyrinth, Lord uh, starring God. Jennifer Connelly and David. He, My dad was a trooper. It was like, I actually remember distinctly him going, hey, there's this new Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun. Do you want to go see that? And I was like, sure, but not today. Let's go see Labyrinth for number six. Like, it was just, I went over and over and over and over again, obsessed, obsessed with it. Wow. Um, uh, so yeah, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Labyrinth, Jim Henson features, 1986 movie starring Jennifer Connelly, David Bowie in one of the roles that introduced an entire generation of the 80s children to David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, and Henson, David the Jim back. Henson Studios. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, the Jim Henson Studios has been trying to do stuff with Labyrinth for years and years and years. Uh, you know, in the past year, they had huge success finally getting Dark Crystal off the ground uh, in its Netflix series, which was really, really well received. And now uh, Scott Derrickson, who we know recently left Doctor Strange 2 uh, because mm -hmm. of creative differences and crazy schedule things and probably uh, lots of stuff that he was feeling frustrated with, right. uh, has now signed on to direct a Labyrinth 2, a sequel to the 1986 movie uh, with Maggie Levin, who wrote and directed Into the Dark and My Valentine for Hulu, uh, writing it. So that's really all that's been announced about it. Um, but like super exciting. Lots of questions about how to capture that magic, uh, A, without Jim Henson, obviously, and B, without David Bowie, who played the Goblin King. So no real idea like what this movie is going to be about, how it's going to tie into the original um, but it's definitely being touted as a Labyrinth 2, so a sequel and a follow-up, not a reboot, uh, at least for the moment. But really exciting news. I think probably more exciting for the fact that Dark Crystal on Netflix was so good. I think yeah. that had this news come out prior to Dark Crystal being received the way it would be, there'd be a little bit more trepidation. I mean, I, as I've said, I loved Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, as a movie feels very dated when you watch mm. it today it's not the type of movie that you if you showed somebody labyrinth today who had never seen it they would be like that's weird <laughs> uh it's a very bizarre movie but uh i think because they did have so much success with dark crystal i'm feeling like they're on a roll they've got the right vibe and uh scott derrickson after seeing what he did with dr strange even though he's not bringing that to dr strange too that sort of visual sense of excitement and that craziness yeah. definitely the right type of thing for uh, a movie like labyrinth yeah. So what do you guys think? Johnny? Well, 
Oh yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's a, a good choice. Scott Derrickson, I've been, I loved uh, uh, Doctor Strange and uh, a couple of his horror films before that, I think were really well done by him. Clearly they wanted to go with a horror director because uh, Fede Alvarez was the uh, director they had spoken to before. Uh, and the, I forget the uh, the uh, writer's name who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy, Nicole uh, Gelman or Gelman, something like that. Perlman. She, oh, I'm sorry? Perlman. Perlman, sorry, Nicole Perlman, yeah, she had been rumored to be in talks, and when she was asked about it, she, you know, was offended and said, because uh, it was right after Bowie had passed, I think, and she said, anybody asking me about this is like a punch in the gut, please don't ask me about it, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, because of course, uh, you know, everybody says that in Hollywood until they sign the contract, and so right. uh, all that, all that is there, but, so clearly they want to stay in the horror vein and got Scott Derrickson on this, I like this choice, he kind of bridges that gap between horror and kind of mainstream stuff and make it work. So maybe there was some stuff on Spider-Man 2, uh, or I'm sorry, on uh, uh, Doctor Strange 2 that he didn't 100% enjoy doing. So maybe there's a little bit more freedom because I really doubt he'd sign on to another project without making it very clear how much freedom he needed to have on a project like this. The question now comes like, what's the story? General Conley is still with us. So Conley, what, what's the connection here? Bowie has passed. So you'll actually, if you're going to have a Goblin King, You'll have to recast it. So a lot of people suggesting Tilda Swinton, Janelle Monet, a number of people were uh, Tom Hiddleston. But so in the end, what are they going to do with that? So I think it all depends on the story uh, overall and where it's going to go. But I think this is an interesting property to uh, come back with after we just got the Dark Crystal, as you mentioned, Michael, the Dark Crystal Netflix series. That's actually a great point, John. That was something that I was thinking when I read the headline that he was going to be doing Labyrinth 2 is that yeah. he probably would want a significant amount of control coming from Marvel where so, right. many, so many decisions of the filmmaker, uh, it it's, it's, can be decision by committee a lot of times. Mm. And for the cinematic universe, I think that works very, very well. But when you're wanting to make uh, your sort of lone individual film, it yeah. can be a very frustrating process. But geek confession time, I have never seen Labyrinth. Ooh. So in the 80s, it, <laughs> did it come out in 86? Yeah. Is that, I mean, is it that came out right? literally, it, you can really track your movie habits and my movie habits in the Venn diagram. <laughs> it literally came out at the same time as Top Gun. And I never saw Top Gun until it was on home video because I was making my dad go to Labyrinth over, <laughs> and, over and over again. Wow. So, so I, I think I know where you were. So I remember the initial uh the the promotional stuff coming out the commercials yeah and seeing it at that age like you know seven or an eight-year-old um thinking oh my gosh i absolutely want to see this it's jim henson it looks it, it looks like this sort of you know mythical adventure but then i remember seeing a uh sort of behind the scenes thing on one of the one of the networks like they had aired i think and there was a scene of david bowie singing and i did not know that it was a musical and I was not, oh, yeah. that, I was like, oh, they're singing in it? Yeah. Absolutely Ooh. not. Let's go see <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> you are, that is homophobic. Oh, <laughs> not homophobic at all. That off the bat. You don't, right if you don't like musicals, bat. that is homophobic. <laughs> um, because obviously, Young Closet and Gay Boy, the musical part was a bonus. Yeah. That was a plus in my book. <laughs> it's a weird movie. It's a it it's is. a really cool, you know, I mean, like I was I've always been a sucker for like Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, and this is a movie that kind of took the look of Dark Crystal uh and those weird creepy puppets and mixed it in this weird Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, MC Escher kind of thing with David Bowie in the middle of it. Like I was I was hooked. It's so interesting because one year before was Legend, the Tom Cruise, and that's kind of had that kind of has a little bit of the um, 
of the labyrinth vibe to it in a different way, you know, because uh, it's a fantastical world. You do actually have a demon at the middle of it, not a goblin king. You have the devil at the middle of this thing, but like oh, legend is... He's, he's terrifying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Terrifying. So, legend is the one I went and saw in the theater. It wasn't Labyrinth. Labyrinth I saw like many, many years, maybe a, a few years ago with a girl with a girl I was dating or something. We watched it finally for the first time, uh, but it's not the right time to watch it. I think you'd have to be a little bit younger to really enjoy it, but <laughs> Uh, overall, I thought it was a, like if I was high, that'd be a great film. I just buy all, all this, <laughs> madness, you know. So overall, I, I enjoy. It. Either Michael's mad at me, or he can't get the voice, can't get the audio fixed on. I, I I know his, from his look of deep concentration yeah. and the fact that he keeps touching his ears that tells yeah. me that his his earbuds are, <laughs> may not be working right now. <laughs> all right, well let's uh, well we'll see what happens with Scott Derrickson and uh, and the Labyrinth uh, to the sequel. We, the show must go on. We're kind of live as we're taping. Uh, can you get some headphones on? Did they go? Did they go out of battery? Maybe. Oh, there we go. You're gonna get uh, feedback on that. I don't, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Can yeah, you hear uh, my, my earplugs were not working. I apologize. I missed everything you said. I'm sure it was okay. brilliant. We'll have to do it this way for now. No sweat. Let's jump into our second story. Shannon, what do you got? Yeah, so we found out a week or two ago that uh, Tom Cruise and Elon Musk were teaming up to shoot a film <laughs> partially in space. I don't think it's the whole thing, but portions of the film were going to be shot in space. SpaceX was going to be teaming up with NASA. Now we find out that uh, Doug Lyman of the Born Identity and Swingers fame, who has also worked with Tom Cruise previously on Edge of Tomorrow and American Made, is going to be writing and directing and we found out that this was not a new this was not new like uh, apparently doug lyman was working with tom cruise was working with the story and developing this idea to yeah. shoot in outer space now as of today we recorded this on a wednesday i believe the spacex launch was aborted like they didn't actually oh, yeah. they, they didn't launch today um but this is an interesting choice like for me doug lyman outside <laughs> of outside of swingers um i feel like the only films of his that i've really enjoyed have been with tom cruise i mean mm. edge Mar was a great movie american made is a criminally underseen film yes. american made is a great movie yeah. but outside of that i'm not a huge doug lyman fan he's been mm. attached to some big properties he was attached to justice league dark at one point but it will be interesting to see one when this can actually happen because tom cruise still has to shoot Mission Impossible's seven and eight. I believe they're shooting those back to back before they can actually get to this untitled space film. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, gentlemen, what do you think of this choice? Uh, Mikey, what do you I say? Think Tom Cruise and Elon Musk together is a whole lot of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, I mean, like it all sounds interesting. And I think that Tom Cruise having chosen to make the back half of his career all about doing the craziest physical things possible is an entertaining thing. So cool. But yeah, the first, like, like I, I literally can't even get past what I like. It sounds interesting. We'll see what it is, but, but Cruz and Musk together is just a lot of crazy. Well, I mean, it's a good point you bring up here uh, about his uh, track record here, Shannon. I mean, you got Swingers, right? Then you got Go. I thought Go was good. Uh, the Born Identity, I thought was good. Uh, but Mr. And Mrs. Smith was a bit uneven. Jumper, a bit uneven. Fair Game, a bit uneven. Edge of Tomorrow, really enjoyable. I love that film. Saw it in IMAX and enjoyed the hell out of that thing. The Wall, yikes. Less said about that, the best. But American <laughs> Made, incredible. He made both of those films in the same year. 
Doug Lyman, not a big filmmaker, but releasing two separate theatrical films in the same year does kind of put you in a separate conversation. Uh, so, yeah, you ask about that and you look at the situation, you go, OK, this is cool. But Doug Lyman's films don't really make a lot of money. Right. Edge of Tomorrow was a bit of a, a underperforming film. And also uh, American Made bar- barely made a dent in the box office. So it's great that they're coming together. And certainly Tom at this stage in his career sounds like he just wants to work with directors that he trusts, like McQuarrie coming back to do seven and eight. So he's working with Lyman again. But it doesn't mean that this product, just because they're in space and SpaceX is involved, and so is NASA, by the way. NASA is absolutely involved in this as well. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a box office breaking film. You might just get a really damn good film that's in space uh, that no one goes to see or hardly anybody goes to see, unfortunately. And then you're just like, oh, that was fun. And you move on from that. So that's the only hesitation I have here because they make good films. My only concern is it won't. It might not make money because they don't have a track record of making money with the films when they come together uh, as a uh, duo. So it sounds like it sounds like the kind of thing though that it, the 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 way this movie is going to be made is going to be the event the the event right. the eventization of it will be like yeah. oh I've got to go check this out to see because this was the first thing that did this and this so if they yeah. can pull that off maybe that'll make it work so we'll see. See, that's the thing is I don't know it, it, with, with, with how good effects are nowadays. I mean, yeah. when you see Tom Cruise hanging off a plane or climbing that building, knowing yeah. that that is actually happening, like yeah, that's incredible to see, especially sure. him holding on to the plane. When he's, yeah. in, he's shooting in space, I doubt he, uh, he's not going to the moon. I mean, yeah. even if he is, like we've seen incredible effects films set in space. Yeah. Already. I, don't, I don't know what this is going to do other than the fact like, hey, they went to space to shoot this. Maybe, wow. I mean, like, honestly, I have no idea. Like, all, like I told you, I can't get past the amount of crazy in this thing. But like, yeah. uh, but I do think that it, in the same way that you can digitally map someone's face on something, like we can do anything in special effects. Yeah. And yet still, when we go see a Mission Impossible movie, or we see anything that Tom Cruise is doing, the fact that when he flips off that bike or when yeah. he flips off in that jet or when he does that, the fact that we know and that they have promoted the fact that he actually did the thing <laughs> uh, does make it kind of cooler. Like, like I think that is part of what seeing Tom Cruise on screen is now for this part, like I said, for this part of his career. And so this seems like a natural extension of it. Uh, and like, honestly, like before, before, we're all said and done. Tom Cruise will probably be the first guy to shoot a movie on Mars. Like, yes. For all so go for it. I, I said that this morning. I said no one but Tom Cruise will fly seven years out to shoot a film on Mars and fly seven years back. No yeah. one else would do that but Tom Cruise, for God's sake. Yeah, like, <laughs> would be like, I really had a good time shooting The Martian. And Tom Cruise is like, hold my energy drink and like just take that. <laughs> 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 Let me show you. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Take off in a convertible the same way that Danny and Sandy do at the end of Greece. Like it's just like they just take off and fly to Mars. <laughs> Come on, that's all Kanicki's dream. None of that ever happened. You know that. <laughs> I love that story, by the way. Anyway, uh, the the I think also the other thing is how are they going to do this? Are they going to fly people up into space? Like if you're a production guy, there's a piece you like that's cool. The second piece is like if there's a cut in this, why I'm dead? I, I could be floating out in space for the rest of my life. And I think it would be funny too, Mike and Shannon is. If they do this film and they come down and people are like, it's not as good as Gravity. Gravity was more realistic than this film feels like in space. Like, 
literally shot it in space. So you know someone's going to say that in some form. So. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like yeah. the logistical challenges of shooting in space doesn't necessarily translate to an awe factor on the screen. Other than the fact like, hey, they were in space when they shot this. They're not doing any crazy action scenes. The, yeah. the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the thing that they have completed is getting a film crew and a movie star to space to shoot a scene where he's floating around in a capsule. Yeah. They floated in Apollo 13. They did it on the vomit comet. Right. Right. Yeah. And people laugh at me for loving Armageddon. They flew guys to the, to an asteroid. <laughs> Clearly you can fly people. Uh, anyway, all right, let's move on to our last story. Uh, and you know, I got to bring this up. That is the Snyder cut. Uh, some news broke about it. Obviously we all talked about it last week, uh, that it's happening. Uh, uh I'm going to do this quickly this before Michael passes out from the conversation, but, uh, let's get into this. Uh, uh, uh Warner media chairman, Bob Greenblatt, uh, appeared on the, uh, the recent episode of recode media. It's a podcast. It's out there for y'all to listen to. He was discussing the launch of HBO max and then got onto the subject of the Snyder cut. Uh, uh, he, he was quoted uh, as saying when he was asked about the 20 to 30 million that was quoted in the Hollywood Reporter, which, by the way, neither Zach nor the studio officially said that's what was going that it was going to cost that much. That was what Hollywood Reporter reported as their sources saying that it was going to cost 20 to 30 million. Uh, Greenblatt said, quote, it isn't as easy as going into the vault and there's a Snyder Cut sitting there to put out. It does not exist. Zach is actually building it, and it's complex, including new VFX shots. It's a radical rethinking of that movie, and it's complicated and wildly expensive. I'll just say I wish it was just $30 million and stop there. It's an enormous undertaking and very complex. Not to be outdone in a separate interview with Business Insider, HBO Max content chief Kevin Riley uh, talked about how this all came to be in terms of the Snyder Cut and said there were a lot of issues involved to figure out how we could deliver on his vision and a myriad of legal issues, uh, which, of course, we've said on the show a number of times. We've been sitting on this for quite some time, but working on it. It was obviously a secret project given the high level of interest, but we were chipping away at it piece by piece. There was some strategy, but also some serendipity in how we got over the hurdle of some of those issues just before the launch of Max. So I go back to you two guys. The two things that stood out for me, and you, you feel free to speak about whatever you'd like, but the two things that stood out to me were, uh, I wish it was $30 million. That's something you say and actually mean. So clearly it's going to be, it seems like it's going to be more of that. And they've been chipping away at this piece by piece. So clearly this has been in motion for quite some time while Zach was dropping his little tidbits on Twitter and on Vero and what have you and on Instagram. How far back in the process did he know that this was a possibility to start dropping those things uh, and, and enticing fans into, the, into making this happen? I'll, I'll hop in first here. So <laughs> Vogel can collect. <laughs> Vogel can collect. I love it. Um, well, I think it said in the article from last week that this, this uh, it started in what, October or November of last year. Yeah, but that just, feels like only six months doesn't feel right to me. But yeah, right. go ahead. But but then having that discussion, like there, there was obviously a building interest for their building interest, yeah. a building uh, thought and like, okay, should we actually do this? Right. So right, right, right. obviously, I mean, I think once I think Zack Snyder started dropping that stuff when the conversation started happening, that's, yeah. that's my guess is he was trying to build up some, some, some more fan support to see like, look, yes, this is, we should absolutely do this. Yeah. Um, as to what he said about it's not as simple as opening up a vault and there's a Snyder cut. I think there, there's a lot of distance to be covered between opening up a vault and $30 million. Yeah, I true. mean, I don't think it costs $25 million to open up the vault. 
That being said, you know, they, I guess in the negotiations, like uh, Snyder said, he did want to shoot additional footage. And that was sort of like, that was kind of Nick's, but 20 to 30 million dollars. I mean, I, I'm not a line producer. I don't know how much it, how much it costs to, to, to reshoot or, or finish, finish some visuals, visual effects, yeah. rescore, get the actors in to do some additional ADR. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, this is going to be a really, really interesting thing when this comes out. Yeah. Um, Again, I love the idea of it of it being in chapters to be like, yes, let's exploit the exploit the platform. Like, don't yep. feel like you have to make it a two hour film. I'm still insanely curious. I don't know if it'll be good, but I am curious. Yeah, Mikey. Mike. Uh, <laughs> look, I, you know, I got some flack in some of our comments last week for what I was saying about the about the Snyder Cut, but um, it, <coughs> we're we're about to start talking about HBO Max. Yeah, uh, and what they have and what they don't have, and like I'm curious is like uh, like I was looking at their originals uh, section, and there hasn't been, and we said this last week, but there's not been a lot of news about what originals are coming. Like we know right. there's a Gremlins animated series, we know there's yeah. a couple, things, but there's not a ton of thing. And like when when you're launching a streaming service, a streaming platform like this, and you know that you are going to have to lure people. Um, I think Shannon and I were talking about this. Like, what do you guys think? Like, roughly, like, we don't know exactly, yeah. but what are there? What is there? There's eight episodes of Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. All in. How do you think Mandal? How much do you think Mandalorian cost? <sighs> After watching those uh, behind the scenes things. Yeah. Um, ballpark. Like it doesn't like what well, like if you were just gonna guess like all eight thirty episodes, million thirty million so like eight say, million an episode. So say eight million. million. Plus, they've got all the Marvel shows, which are going to look as good uh, as anything you're seeing on screen. So those are going to be however many million. You've got Obi-Wan reported on. You've got all stuff. That's multiple millions of dollars. So 30, 40, 50, 60 million for the Zack Snyder thing, knowing that this is the thing that the geeks are going to go crazy about and that all the Snyder fans are going to tweet endlessly about uh, and say, look, we got our thing. We got what we wanted. Like, it's worth it. Like, it's a... It, it you know to your point you were like I can't believe they're saying I wish it was thirty million but yeah. honestly in the lack of having some huge like we're doing uh, the Harry Potter TV series or yeah. you know like whatever it is like that that's 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 money well spent despite the fact that I think we're all going to get to the end of this and watch this thing and we'll all have different opinions and yeah. probably my opinion on the Zack Snyder DC movies will still be the same. Okay. I don't think this is going to drastically change my opinion, but yeah. that being said, as much as I personally, like if I were an HBO Max executive feeling exactly how I felt about Zack Snyder, looking at what we had on the table, yeah. I would green light spending 75 million to finish this thing up and get some of the actors back and do stuff because I'm like, look, this is, this is what we've got. Like this yeah. will get people to watch. It's worth the money. Well, and that's and that's what I wanted to ask you about, Mikey. And you kind of semi-answered it there. Like you're an executive, you've been in those positions, you you've seen budgets, you know what this stuff can cost. So you get this idea of like, oh, I wish it was thirty million, and you're hearing it from someone who's high up in the chain here. That's essentially that to me, kind of low key or kind of subtly means, or if you're reading between the lines, means that they are considering bringing back these actors to actually don the costumes again and reshoot some scenes or do some stuff. And if that's, does that mean, like, I mean, the fact that they, and they're talking about the legal stuff and shipping at it piece by piece, it seems to be all of this is in the mix. And, you know, I know people were saying, oh, well, Ben Affleck 
said he had a terrible time on Justice League. Well, yeah, because he was also writing and thinking about directing a Batman movie. So that took a lot of, that was a lot of pressure while you're trying to shoot and reshoot, uh, you know, a film. So if you just have one director on the set and you're just focused on being Batman or Bruce Wayne, then it takes a lot of pressure off you. And this this is not going to uh, be good or not be good because of Ben Affleck anymore. So there's really no pressure on any of the actors. It's all on Zach. So, like, does this mean we might be able to see uh, these guys and gals come back and put on the uniforms and act out scenes and do whatever? At this point, given that this is a huge initiative for HBO Max, I would yeah. not be remotely surprised okay. that we get all of them and Martian Manhunter. Like, yeah. I feel like they're going to go all in on this, particularly, and as we said last week, again, despite my own personal opinions, you just have to look at the response on social media right. when they launched it. And I mean across the board. Like, my my social media was blowing up with people that were like, finally, yes, oh my God, I've been waiting for this. And people that were like, this is going to be an unholy shit show. It's going to be awful, but I'm going to watch it. Like, I mean, right. like everyone, somebody asked me today, they're like, are you even going to watch the Snyder cut? And I was like, well, I kind of have to, like, we're going to yeah. be talking about it. But like, I would, that, that is definitely something that I would watch regardless. Like I think right. I've seen every DC movie that's been released. I will continue to, if there's a superhero movie, I'm going to see it. Yeah. Well, and he dropped his first picture. Let's bring it up. His first picture of dark side today on Twitter. There is Darkseid, and he said he's coming to HBO Max. Uh, an interesting look for Darkseid. Uh, it's got a Thanos vibe to it, wouldn't you say? Even I know, even though Darkseid was like, you know, of course Darkseid was first, then Thanos in Marvel, but it's got a it's got a weird look to him. He's not. You, I'm used to seeing him in the armor and the helmets and the whole nine. This is more of a like I don't know primal type of uh dark side with the hair the half mullet flowing in the back the axe in the hand the, the, you know, <laughs> the, the comfortable furry loins on so it's just an interesting choice for dark side i you know that well, is you think about when that sequence is set play uh, is yeah, right. set. way I mean, back in time you're right yeah, yeah way yeah. in the past so you know dark side upgraded his wardrobe <laughs> thanks <laughs> i am sure that there are a lot of people on twitter that are going to feel like zach snyder knows dark side a lot better than jack kirby so they're going to uh <laughs> I don't know if you saw, I can't remember the guy's name. I met him a couple times at Collider when we were doing Collider Heroes, but he went off on this whole uh, thing about the fact that he felt like, I think if I, I don't, don't quote me uh, perfectly here, but I think he said that he was upset that they were bringing Darkseid back into the Zack Snyder thing before Ava DuVernay gets to bring her Darkseid into New Gods. And he thought it was insulting and offensive. You know, I don't know if there was a racial tinge to it, a white man doing something before a black woman gets to do it. I don't know. But he certainly was upset about it, very upset about it. And I wonder if there are people out there who are upset because someone mentioned that to me as well. Well, we're going to get dark side before Ava DuVernay's dark side. We're going to get Zack Snyder's dark side. I'm like, yeah, that's not canon. That's got nothing to do with anything. That's just a thing on HBO Max. But some people are really upset about this. Are you guys seeing that too? It's almost like when you don't have a coordinated plan for your cinematic universe, things could get really confusing. Maybe. Sort of. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there we go. I think that's a good way. <laughs> I, do think, I do think, but I mean, kind of to your point, I mean, I think that, like, there's been a lot of talk, like, I know that um, there's been a lot of talk about Suicide Squad now. Yeah. You know, like, there's, like, there's this whole, like, it's this, right. it's, this it's this slippery slope, and I think that all, all joking aside about it, it is a problem because we now have this thing. Darkseid was never in Justice League. 
the yeah. movie that was released that is part of that universe. So Ava DuVernay doing her version of New Gods and these characters that we never really saw was going to be fine. And now we have this thing that is neither fish nor fowl. Like Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what he would have done, what his dark side would have looked like, what Martian Manhunter would have been, or like any one of a dozen other things that like, this is a what could have been. And then you have other filmmakers and writers and directors doing their version of some of the things that are going to overlap here. And now because nothing is canon, because it's like, hey, here's a cool thing you could have seen on screen, but you didn't, but now we'll give it to you. It is going to cause confusion, hurt feelings, bruised egos. Like these are all things that are potentially going to happen. And, and I've already was, I was reading some buzz about this too. Like, again, if the numbers for Zack Snyder's version of Justice League on HBO Max are through the roof, if they see subscriptions go up, if everybody's talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, which I am sure we all will be, uh, and if there's any kind of sense that this is awesome, this is great, it is not a a giant leap in logic, like we said last week, for Warner Brothers to go, oh, let's bring all of these guys back and let's put them on screen. And then where does that leave uh, Ava DuVernay's New Gods or any of these other things because if, if Darkseid does come on screen it it's a it is a again my issues are not with the DC characters who I love and my yeah. issues aren't even really with Zack Snyder even though his version of these things is not my favorite my issue no it's really not like but my bigger issue is <laughs> the fact that DC has had some huge hits they've had some huge misses but the bigger issue is it's very fractured. So there's a lot of question on what is what. Yeah. Yeah. What is what? Uh, that's a good co- That's a good point. And we'll see. You know, you're right. I mean, because people and the worst thing could happen is if like, you know, dark side comes in and people like that dark side, then DeVernay does her dark side. And people don't like that dark side. Then you got a war on Twitter about which. I don't yep. social media rather about which dark side is the real dark side, you know? Yeah, and I think I when we initially talked about uh, the new gods announcement, I think I I think I had said back then, like, I don't think this movie happens. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 too deep cut a property for yeah. a for a DC universe that doesn't really know what it is yet. Well, yeah. And there also is a hundred percent, I mean, given what we know is not necessarily like there's also a hundred percent a possibility yeah. that that movie's already done. That Ava DuVernay came on, there was a big announcement, she tweeted some stuff, they were developing it, they pitched it in at Warner Brothers, the executives yeah. weren't feeling it, they, it kind of went back and forth, it went to the DC people, they were like, you can't do this. Ava DuVernay got frustrated and said, I kind of, okay, whatever. When, like, like, there's a thousand things when these things get announced that yeah. can be wrong between so-and-so, as we've seen over and over again, so-and-so is attached to this movie just went into production is a long and... Uh, perilous road yeah that's a fair point absolutely uh, but like i said we'll see what happens as it goes along um all right let's take a break here at this time to hear from uh, our sponsors on the uh, on the podcast uh, and for those of you who are watching us on youtube enjoy for a second all right well there we go all right well our uh, main uh, topic today is of course the launching of hbo max this has been consuming websites and social media all day today's so recording today on a wednesday of course dropping this you're listening to it on a thursday uh so uh what has been you all's experience with hbo max so far what have you liked that is on there what have you been upset about not being on there uh and what's your overall feeling about it so far well, a couple of things, and, I, and I'll try to truncate this as much as I can, because I know this is a big conversation, but the platform itself, to me, it looks like it's sort of a hodgepodge of Netflix, 
and Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. um, like the 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 dock that Disney Plus has there at the top with Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, Nat Geo. Um, HBO has that, but it's further down. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily include everything that they have. Like it's yeah. they have HBO, they have DC, they, they have a few others, but there's no place to go on that dock that I saw. Like this is where Fresh Prince is, or this is where Friends is. This is yeah. where our, the multitude of Warner Brothers movies are. I couldn't really, I, I didn't find that. Yeah. Something well, else. Oh, sorry. Go be, ahead. Don. No, no, real quick. Uh, and to be fair, I need to introduce it a little bit better. Max is launching with about 10,000 hours of programming uh, uh, with an array of, uh, of stuff that includes the current HBO portfolio of new and library shows. Then you get you get Westworld, Succession. You'll get Warner Brothers films, classics like The Wizard of Oz, Casablanca, The Matrix Trilogy, the uh, uh, the complete work of Hayao Miyazaki, all his stuff. Plus four plus decades of DC Comics titles. You'll also get Warner Brothers TV staples like Big Bang Theory and Friends. Also a mix of a dozens of Max originals, starring uh, one starring Anna Kendrick. A batch of limited series across the drama, comedy, documentary, and animation spectrum. All of that, and what got announced uh, today, or surprisingly announced, the, all the Harry Potter films are on there. So yeah, sorry, Shannon. Just wanted to let the people know about it. Go ahead. Yeah, so the thing, like, I went and watched, I watched an episode of uh, Not Too Late with Elmo, which is adorable. Mm, I watched right. one episode of the new Looting Tunes, which I, I, I thought it was perfectly akin to what we got before. I thought I think it's an incredibly unoriginal title, Looney Tunes yeah. Cartoons. It's like, ah, it couldn't come up with something saucier. Um, but then I also watched the first episode of the Doom Patrol. Now, that's been on DC Universe for, yeah. for a while. Um, but because DC Universe never got released on the PlayStation, like, I never was able to uh, subscribe to it. Um, the first episode of Doom Patrol is great, and I read an interview with Kevin Riley because they were asking how much more content from the DC Universe streaming platform should we expect on on HBO Max, and he gave sort of a non-answer, mm -hmm. uh, saying like, oh, we're constantly evaluating this stuff, we felt like Doom Patrol was a natural fit, and then in the article it said, an HBO Max representative then said there are currently no other plans outside of doom patrol to be on hbo max which i thought that was really curious because from what i've read the dc universe platform is is struggling a little bit yeah. so that's sort of my first impression dc universe you i mean you just look at the hbo max uh layout and format and you're like dc universe is on life support like it's just like yeah they will get more it's a win-win like the dc titles that are on dc universe will get more viewers on hbo max than they will on dc Universe. like it just that it'll go away eventually like i was like looking at everything that was there and i was like oh come on Every, half of what the dc universe look you can watch all these superhero movies and these cartoons and you're like half of it's already on hbo max like it, right. that's, that's ridiculous that's they just can't say it yet because i'm sure there's a lot of politics involved but Come on, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the only um, CW show that I saw in there was Batwoman. Um, so I, I believe CW has a deal with Netflix that as soon as the show concludes its, uh, its, its run on the CW for the season, it immediately goes to Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see if that deal continues or if yeah. they're like, nope, we wanna, we, we're going to take it back. We want it on our platform. Yeah, yeah. Mikey, thoughts? It, it's interesting. Um you know, I was going through, I was looking through everything and, you know, it's a, it's a solid, I mean, it is, it's sort of like a mixture of Netflix and Disney plus, And that does seem to be, you know, there's, there's a level of comfortability to being able to go into 
uh, the, the platform and be able to navigate it and kind of have a sense of what you're looking for. Um, it, it's light on originals, um, but that's kind of to be expected at launch. The library content is huge. I mean, when you start going through the movies that are there, I mean, you're like, I, I could be doing this for hours. And I do yep. think the way that they have it set up as sort of kind of, it's not the Disney platform of like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, but the fact that you could just, there's Harry Potter is a section. Studio Ghibli is a section. Right. It's easy to go through and kind of be like, oh, I wanted to watch this thing. And there is a ton of library content. Mm. I do think it's a little weird, like, it has like a section when you go to the search section on the side, like what, you know, what's coming soon and what's leaving soon, because it still has that HBO kind of, here's the movies that we're getting for a while. And, <laughs> right. and I think like I'm now used to, I mean, I guess Netflix has that too. Like some stuff, you know, they, their contracts run out and they don't keep it, right. but there is like, it'll, I'll be curious to see how long movies stay up on there. Like it's already, I was like, Oh look, you've got, you got this movie and this movie and this movie. And then I went to the leaving soon and I'm like, all right, I better watch those soon. They're going to figure out. Also, and I don't know if you read this in your article. I actually was going to look this up beforehand and I don't know. How does it, like if I, which I am a viewer who own who has HBO, I subscribe to HBO. Yeah. Primarily for the original series that I would like to watch. Yeah. But now all those series are, are there, is there like a holdover? Like, do they premiere on HBO and then eventually they come to HBO Max or are they going to be on HBO Max right away? And if so, why would I keep HBO? Like, there's a lot of questions where I'm just kind of confused as to how this affects DC Universe, HBO, HBO Go, all these right. other things. I'm like, well, but what does, is it all going to ultimately funnel here or what's the plan? Well, I, I mean, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, John. You know, look at the deadline article. It says, for existing HBO subscribers via qualifying partner platforms, most of whom pay $15 a month, there will be no additional cost. So this will just be in addition to what you're already getting for the $15 you're paying. For new subscribers, the price is $15 a month, though a promotion makes it $12 a month for the first year. If you're an AT&T pay TV customer currently paying for HBO, you will get free access to HBO Max. But some AT&T wireless customers will also get free access, at least initially with distribution deals to Charter, Cox, Verizon, Altice, Apple TV, Hulu, YouTube TV, Android, Sony, PlayStation, Microsoft, Xbox, and others have also been set in recent week, but weeks. But it is not on the Roku, which was a complete shock for me this morning. I had to go on to the Xbox that I have here in the office, and I was just really surprised that it was not on Roku, uh, which is one of the big, big ones out there. So uh, it's not on the Amazon Fire devices either or Comcast. Uh, and they're still having conversations with Warner Media about it as well. So a lot involved in this. It is, in my opinion, overall, it is a clumsy rollout. In my opinion, yes, you have ten thousand hours of footage of of content. That's but people are still asking, how do I get it? You've done a terrible job marketing this. And Mike, you're not the only one. Many people I know are like, well, do I have to pay more? Do I know what? Do, how do I get? They have been terrible at explaining this to people and, and letting. And it's not even like I like it is true. Like, well, I'm, I'm curious. Like, am I paying double? Am I doing this? But it's more so just like a question of like in a world where an HBO Max exists. Yeah. yeah. What purpose does HBO serve? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, like look, I can get like, all the stuff's going over. If I can get a cheese sandwich. <laughs> $3, and then I can get. A ham, turkey, cheese, mustard, mayo, pastrami, all the work sandwich for $3. Mm. So it has everything in the cheese sandwich. 
but it's got a lot of other stuff. And they're like, well, you can have both, but also, but I'm like, but I don't even want the cheese sandwich anymore. I just want the sandwich. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Is there something in this hand? (laughs) Yeah. Because I had been Googling up until probably a week ago because I was like, does, is HBO Max going to be able to stream to the PS4? And you couldn't find that answer, or at least I couldn't, my, with my substandard Googling skills, I, I couldn't find that answer anywhere. And it wasn't yeah. until I actually spoke with our friend Jonathan Gabay that mm-hmm. I was like, hey, is this going to work? He's like, if you have HBO now, it should automatically just go straight yes. into HBO Max. Right, which right. I guess it launched midnight um, East Coast time last night. So yeah. as I was going to bed around midnight West Coast time, I'm like, oh, well, let me see what HBO Max looks like. And nothing had changed. Nothing had updated. So I was like, son of a bitch, was wrong. I, as far as content goes, like, I mean, I, you know, I was like, we haven't had a ton of time to go through everything, but uh, I did watch one of the Looney Tunes. I don't fully agree with Shannon. I don't, I didn't love, I thought they were fine. I, li- I like the look, the style they're going for is more like yeah. classic, classic Looney Tunes. I just felt like there was, they didn't, they didn't have just that extra sort of like, oomph that the class I, I but which is they've tried to redo looney classic looney tunes so many different times and it really is hard to sort of match that crazy kind of weird vibe energy humor of the it look shannon disagrees with me but but i thought that the not late show with elmo on the other hand was hilariously funny like definitely aimed at young kids yeah. but a lot of really, really funny gags, funny jokes, funny things in there for adults. So I thought that was like way funnier, more successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the amount of content, the amount of geeky content, like in addition to the entire Studio Ghibli library, you've got Steven Universe, you've got Adventure mm-hmm. Time, you've got Infinity Train, you've got classic Flintstones, you've got classic Jetsons. Like there is a ton of sitting around. Like I think I was arguing, not arguing, I was discussing with somebody because I think what this really does boil down to for everybody is- yeah what should I be purchasing? Right, right. Most of us have Netflix and Netflix has the same thing that HBO used to have, which there are a number of premiere series that you're a fan of, whether it be Dead to Me or Stranger Things or whatever it is that you only get on Netflix. So you're going to keep that subscription because you want to watch those shows. If you're a Star Trek fan, you want CBS All Access. If you're a Disney nerd like me, you're absolutely getting Disney Plus and it's got the Marvel and it's got the Star Wars and it's got... Not a ton of original content, but slowly more and more original content is coming. Um, right. And with HBO Max, it's like, well, is this worth the money? Is this worth the price for me? Or do I just keep my HBO? Like, I, I think that's really the question that people have. And I think that not fully answered yet. I do think it was a bit of a clumsy rollout. I think yeah. that the interface is fine. Um And like I said, there's a ton to look at on there. There's a ton of stuff that I would be like, ooh, I would watch that, I would watch that, I'd watch that. But I'm curious as to like how long things are staying, what's going. Like there's a lot of unanswered questions. Whereas like I think Disney Plus, for example, did a great job of being like, here's exactly going to be your home for all of these brands. Whereas like on the other end of things, Apple Plus, I still don't even know what it is. And I don't even know how the interface works. Like it's very (laughs) confusing. So not not a joke. I think HBO Max kind of falls in the middle somewhere. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie to you. If I didn't have to watch some stuff on H on uh, Apple Plus, I wouldn't know how to work on it either. Work it either, to be honest. I mean, it came on my computer when I bought the new laptop uh, uh, over Christmas last year, and I get a whole year free with it. But I've used it maybe three times total, three times total 
and we're in freaking June, you know? So it's just like mind blowing how, how much streaming services there are and how much content there is and like what you're going to gravitate to uh, with the, the HBO question. I think you bring a great point up, Michael, this idea of like, well, if I have a cheese sandwich and there's another sandwich here, but like, I think what they did was like, okay, I'll see your cheese sandwich and you know, no extra cost. I'll raise you the Turkey. And the, if you let me put it in your cheese sandwich, you're going to get the same thing. So I think that's what they've done here. <laughs> HBO go and HBO now uh, do not have as much as HBO max. So, or the, base of hbo itself so what they did again again and i don't mean to belabor the point but they certainly took everything you would get on a normal hbo subscription which is more than hbo go or hbo now and then added on the extra stuff that you're getting and hence why the name is hbo max but you're right i I don't the thing is it's also made for people who don't have cable so you can just get it if you have internet you know which a lot of people are doing cutting the cords uh in that but you'll get the big band yeah sorry you get rick and morty the lord of the rings sesame street also they've got a little thing they've got a a feature that i think is really important now that matches what netflix and amazon prime do which you can download the episodes onto your devices and take it with you i think right. that's essential if you're a traveler or go anywhere when i was getting sent on those on those set visits last year it was i mean amazon prime and netflix were essential for me downloading stuff on a 14 16 hour flight so i can watch stuff on my ipad or my computer and distract myself from the length of the flight so i like that hbo max is doing that as well so yeah that's that's one of the positives I mean, I'm excited about uh, Legendary, the sort of ballroom show uh, right. that does like classic ball, gay LGBT drag ballroom culture. Like, I'm going to check that mm-hmm. out. Excited about the Anna Kendrick show. Yes. Uh, going to check that out. Um, you know, I think what it really boils down to, and it's interesting, uh, my brother and I were talking about this since we're just sitting at home all day. Like, what what is your streaming preference for doing the modern day version of just like couch surfing? Like when we all like were growing up, you would just, if you didn't know what you were going to watch, like if there's a destination show, you're going to go to that destination. I'm going to go to CBS All Access. I'm going to go to Netflix. I'm going to go here. But when you don't really know what you want to watch, we now have all of these platforms that are touting thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of content and all these movies and all these TV shows and all these things that you can stream. When you're on the couch, where do you go? Uh, Not surprisingly, I spend the majority of my time, like if I don't have anything set to watch, yeah. Pretty much Disney Plus is on. Like, I'll just have that on in the background. Oh, wow. I'll, like, scroll through there. I'll be like, oh, I'll put on a Pixar movie. I'll put on Star Wars Rebels. I'll put on Avengers Endgame. Like, that, yeah. there's just enough content there that, like, that's where I will go when I don't know what I want to watch. Right. Uh, to, TBD on, I was going through HBO Max, and there's certainly a lot. So yeah. TBD on how much time I'm going to spend there. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, they, they have the uh, criteria. They have some of the Criterion Collection titles. On HBO Max, not a lot, but some. Uh, there are some classic movies there. The Crunchyroll stuff is on there too. Yeah, uh, stuff from TNT, uh, uh, DC. There's some DC stuff as we mentioned earlier. But a number of channels and networks are putting their stuff on there as well. I think if I was single, my default would be with Michael to Disney Plus. But because I have my girlfriend and she likes to watch a lot of British stuff, Netflix is what we default to every night first. Then move through the British apps, then Hulu, Amazon Prime. And we rarely get to Disney Plus unless I'm alone. That's when Disney Plus comes on and I get to watch stuff. Because she's not a big fan of those kinds of movies, superhero stuff or Disney or animated stuff. It's not her bag. So when we're hanging out, Disney Plus rarely comes on uh, to uh, on the channel. So this week she's been back at work because they brought her back. Not me. 
Yeah, well, they brought her back. So I've been watching the Mandalorian behind the scenes stuff on Disney Plus, which are awesome. Sweet, sweet Mary, good. Mother of God, that is incredible, you know. But so, I mean, there is 1300 movies on there, too. But the big negative, and we haven't brought it up yet, and I need to bring this up from my personal opinion none of the stuff is 4K, and that's insulting af for people who for 4k that's been around for quite some time netflix has a special 4k designation that you pay for every month in order to see the movies in 4k i pay the extra two bucks because i like watching this stuff in 4k my tv does 4k so the fact that they don't let you watch the stuff in 4k is ridiculous i didn't even realize that because i'm used to with disney and everything like disney that has has an entire 4k section of the things they have that are in 4k so i didn't even realize that so that is a good point to go back real quick, John, is there, I didn't notice this, is there a Criterion hub point on HBO Max? I, I couldn't find it. I only found them as I was looking through the movies because okay. some other people have posted on social media the titles from the Criterion collection that are on there. So I just went to that title and saw it was a Criterion collection. Uh, but, you know, there is a Criterion collection app that you can have and you can watch all almost all the Criterion collection films on there. So I don't think it replaces it. So maybe they just made separate deals for certain titles to put on there. Uh, because they had either had some kind of connection to them or distributed them, or for whatever reason they put them on there. Uh, but no, the entire Criterion collection is not on there at all. That there is a separate app, uh, that you, yeah. which I'm trying out for 30 days right now to see if I want to have that app. You know, so uh, it's a lot. It's too just much stuff to watch. It's too much stuff. It really is. You know what I defaulted to this afternoon? I just put on YouTube and watched a Bobby Fischer documentary while I was building a bookcase. Because you know what? I was so overwhelmed that I was like, F it. I want to watch this Bobby Fischer documentary. It's not on HBO Go or HBO Now. uh, And I don't want to go through the on-demand of the cable boxes. I still do pay for cable. So I just went on to YouTube and just downloaded it off YouTube and watched it on my TV through the YouTube app. So uh, I don't know. I'm a simpleton. At some point, I'll figure this all out. But uh, 10 streaming services is mad, madly overwhelming. So when you are clumsy with the rollout, it makes me less inclined to try out your service. Disney Plus was fantastic. Netflix, fantastic. Yeah, well, Netflix, Netflix yeah. has been with us for so long now. Like yeah. Netflix set the bar for everything. So you got to yeah. give Netflix the credit. And Netflix's interface is great. They're coming up with great content. There's always a ton to watch. I would say like we, you know, you have to admit with any streaming service, like when they tout the number of hours they have, and I, this is true of Netflix. It's true of Apple plus it's well less. So Apple plus, cause I don't even know how it works, but it's true of Netflix, Disney, HBO, all of them, like Hulu. Like if there's 10,000 hours worth of content, at least 8,000 hours are garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Like all yeah. of them. It's just like garbage movies. And that's true. Like Disney plus you start going through some of the stuff and you're like, that is, just garbage so like there's a there's a ton of really bad stuff on all of them and netflix like they all are trying to win by volume but almost like there's so much volume that you're like okay well this is nothing and here's the good stuff and so i think these platforms it's like well what's the good stuff and netflix has a proven track record of having a high level of good stuff as they're just throwing stuff out there in their movies like with extraction that just came out oh yeah series obviously like i was saying dead to me and stranger things and like all these things in their animation with their deal with dreamworks with like voltron and she like there's just a ton of really really good stuff disney plus probably has arguably one of the most recognizable libraries plus the originals they have are good they're just not a ton of them like mandalorian was great the imagineering documentary is great this mandalorian documentary is great so there's good stuff but they are really, I think, far behind in the originals. And HBO Max is coming out with a better library 
off the bat of, of just quality stuff you want to watch. Like I think Disney plus still wins out a little bit with the entire Disney, Pixar, Marvel and Star Wars library, but yeah. the Harry Potter movies, the Lord of the Rings movies, like the Turner classic movies, like the studio Ghibli, like, like we were saying, like there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. There is offset the garbage, but on the originals front, it feels like they're coming out even a little bit slimmer than Disney Plus did without something like a Mandalorian to really anchor it. Like, like Mandalorian was by far the biggest original that Disney Plus had. And then you had like High School Musical, Diary of a Future President, some cuter stuff that isn't stuff that you would get excited about. But once you watched Mandalorian, you're like, oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mandalorian, I mean, of all the, all the launched uh, streaming apps, no one has had a Mandalorian yet. Right, right. Which, which kind of surprises me. Like, you know... You know when your app is going to launch, why not have something kind of in the chamber ready to go? Why not have your Green Lantern? Why not have your Justice League Dark? Yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I think that they'll probably they'll probably go through a few iterations. Uh I think that there'll be some changes. They'll be like they'll they'll rework the format. Um so we'll see. It yeah. it, it it's it's I'm not quite sure how I feel about HBO Max fully yet, but I'm I'm excited to see what all is there. And I'm definitely going to go after this and check out more of the originals and that might change my opinion as well. So we'll see. I feel like it's a first date. And you're like, it was a good first date. There might be something here. We'll see. We'll keep talking and we'll see down the road if it works for me or not. But it, it was okay. It was a good yeah. first date. You know, I see potential, but I don't know. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix was like your best friend from college who you all of a sudden realized that you were in love with and then you had like a lovely three-year relationship and like things are great and Disney Plus was like that first date was awesome but by like by like the second <laughs> month of dating you're like oh, I feel like we're just having the same conversations over and over again <laughs> and he's really like, talking about himself a lot <laughs> oh my god we get it you have an ex-girlfriend it's like a date with me. It's like a date with me. It's like all of them talk about Star Wars and Disney and Marvel. Uh, I get it. And then like Apple Plus was like that person who you went out with who you're like, they seemed super smart, but I didn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. I, don't, like, I didn't even get it. Like, I don't, she made me feel inadequate. I don't know. It's weird. Like they showed Apple, they Apple Plus was the coffee date that didn't transition to drinks. Yeah, it was like, it was like they were dressed really, really nice and they yeah. said, Really smart things, but I just wasn't really relating to them. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, HBO Max is like, uh, like it was like they, when your friend is like, "How was the date?" and you're like, "It was fine." Yeah. Question like, mark. <laughs> like he or she said some cool things, but then some weird things. So I don't know. I don't know yet where we're gonna be. <laughs> it wasn't HBO Max, but it wasn't HBO Meh. <laughs> <laughs> like the date seemed really good, but then they were really excited about Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> really you had to get the shot in. You had to get the shot in. <laughs> we just got ten additional comments calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. All right. Well, there you go. That's our breakdown analysis of HBO Max. Uh, let us know what you, what your experience has been like in the comments section below. Let us know if you uh, if you're liking it, not liking it, what the issues are with the rollout, or if you are like shocked at how i mean uh, i know uh, somebody jumped up and was like i just watched princess mononoke on there so that excites me that that's on there because i really love that movie so there's certainly stuff to explore but do you like the overall rollout and overall accessibility 
of these things and the platform itself. Is it user-friendly? So let us know in the comments section below. Uh, but that's it for this episode of the Geek Buddy. Shannon, what do we got to tell them, man? Yes, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MK2. And if you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Sis. Yeah. Mikey, my uh, man. Yeah. And listen, uh, if you're enjoying this, if you like dating streaming services and you want to hear <laughs> more about what that's like. Uh, if you want to continue the geeky conversations, uh, as Johnny said earlier, definitely subscribe to uh, his page below. Uh, leave us some comments, even the ones where you're saying how awful I am. Like we love them all. We like <laughs> them. Uh, and if you're listening to us on iTunes or Anchor or Spotify or anywhere where podcasts are available, definitely rate us. Definitely leave us comments. The more people that leave comments, the more ratings we get, the higher we go up in the rankings and the more people discover us when they're searching for entertainment podcasts. Uh, and finally, and probably most importantly, uh, if you like this, uh, retweet us, tweet us, Facebook us, spread us around, post us. Uh, the more that you do it, and we've been seeing it happen on Twitter, on our social medias, yeah. um, we've been seeing more people joining, we've been seeing more people follow us, we've been seeing more people uh, joining in the conversation. We see you guys when you are retweeting us uh, and you're tagging us, which we really appreciate. And the more that we do it, the more listeners we're going to get, and the more we get to continue having these ridiculously nerdy conversations, which we thoroughly <laughs> enjoy. For sure. Uh, please uh, listen to everything Shannon and Michael said, and please hit that like button on this video as well. It does help us if you leave a comment, even if it's a just, a, you know, loved it, great show, whatever. The amount of comments and the amount of likes really help us in the YouTube algorithm for this show and the Outlaw Nation channel overall on YouTube. So if you've been watching for a while and you haven't left a comment or you haven't done, you haven't hit a like, please swing that cursor button over, hit that like and leave a comment and get us seen. It isn't just on the uh, podcast streaming services also on the youtube it's important to get those likes up and the comments up all right that's it for us here on the geek buddies we'll talk to you next time uh with another brand new episode of the geek buddies hey! Hey, i should have had this ready to go my bad i'm sorry everyone oh. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.